velvety soft bath hands and some real thud in the back, leading to moments like this and McConaughey, and he's snaking his way through, and in Clark to Glanville, fucking a singer is standing, waiting, pouncing. Big Joel makes his a double. Oh, he's gone through on his own. Josh Matabesi, ender of worlds, destroyer of walls. Spencer whips it away. Beautifully done. Gavin scored. The two young bucks who underline their love of this place earlier in the week. Orlando Bailey and Max Ajomo conspire in thrilling fashion. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and to talk about a pretty sad Saturday of sport, I am joined by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Tom, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate, yeah. Don't know whether it's sadness or maybe a slight bit of uh, dustiness from, from, from Saturday itself. It was a... Uh, it was a, a big day of sport, and we certainly certainly enjoyed ourselves in 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 the process. But yeah, two massive games, obviously, that took place on 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 Saturday. Two losses, obviously, with England later in the day, and um, we are back, hungover or not, on um, on a dark, snowy Monday night to 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 to, to, to provide the, the the therapy to Bath fans around the country. So. I'm good. That, mate. Is what, that is what we're in. We're not going to talk about Harry Kane missing penalties. We we are going to talk about Bar turning down penalties in the way on the on their way to losing their first <laughs> European Challenge Cup game against Glasgow. Of course, the 1922 defeat on Saturday afternoon at the Rec. Tom, a game on via play, which I believe you are now a subscriber of. Mm-hmm. I am. It was a it was a last minute subscription. Couldn't well. We were actually about five minutes into the game. You were you you came over to to to, to watch it with me, and yeah, bit the bullet on that fourteen ninety nine a month. I've uh, I've cancelled after my my one month, so I will I will get both. I'll get the Toulon game as well on on Saturday. But um, yeah, I mean it's it's another platform. It's another expense for fans to to keep up with. You know, um, the the coverage was good. Matt Banahan was on on Cocom, so happy to be contributing to to him in in retirement. But yeah, I thought it was thought it was pretty decent coverage. But obviously, behind the paywalls, a, a bit of, a bit of a shame for those that already subscribed to to, to BT Sport. So you're not going to watch much URC and La Liga action. You're not going to keep the subscription for the full twelve months. I think there's I've I've seen enough football over the last few weeks to last me a lifetime, so I, I don't think I'll be tuning into La Liga anytime soon. But you're welcome to, mate. You, I'll, I'll give you my login. <laughs> if you keep the you keep the subscription going, I'll be I'll be very surprised. Um, I'm not sure, Tom. We're going to need the subscription for for the knockout phases of this tournament. Obviously, the home loss, no. two difficult away trips to follow, means that that, that it's uphill and now for Bath in this competition. Absolutely, it's, it's it's a real shame, and you know it was very clear from Jurgen van Grand's selection and his you know his comments in the lead up to the game that this was a tournament that we're really targeting. We wanted to make the best of this, and it was a pretty well four changes in the end to the to the you know very full strength side that played Quinns. Tom de Glanville coming back in at fullback after we discussed it last week with Matt Gallagher moving moving to to the wing and your boy Will Butt dropping dropping out of the fifteen. Piers Francis back at 
back at 10. Um, and then, yeah, a very late change before the, the, the game started with Valerie Morozov dropping out with injury and, and Arthur Caldwell in for the, the, in that starting one shirt. Again, another thing that we, 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 we spoke about and Lewis Boyce returning and straight back in. And little did he know that he'd be featuring for, for, I think it was 54 minutes. So a strong team. We went into it with, with, with intent and, and wanting to, to win the game and take this competition seriously, which is, Kind of adds to the disappointment a little bit, I think. Yeah, wanting to win the game, Tom, was kind of the crux of the ending, which I think is where we should start this podcast. Before going back and, and looking at the game, a little bit more chronologically conscious, of course, that that not everybody mm. is a via play subscriber like we are now and may not have, have watched the game in as much detail as we did. So we will go through the game in detail, but I think it's important not to bury the lead here. Bath, 19-22 down, got a penalty on 74 minutes. Pretty straightforward penalty, quite far out, but but pretty central. Opted to turn down the shot at goal, go to the corner, um, were unsuccessful in their attempts and, and ultimately got no more points out of the game and, and ultimately came away with just the losing bonus point, Tom. What were your thoughts on that decision? By the time, and as I said, you were watching the game with me. At the time, I, I I wanted them to take sticks. It was a fairly straightforward penalty, kind of on the on the, the forty meter line. Piers Francis had been kicking very well. He just nailed one from the from the touchline for the for the for the Matt Gallagher try just previously. We'd we'd levelled at nineteen all. Duncan Weir, another Worcester Warrior player, having a our ex Worcester Warrior player having a big, big impact on our season, had nailed the the kick to take it to, to take them three points ahead. So, you know, we had just over six minutes left to put it in context as well. For those who hadn't seen the game, the, in the second half in particular, the, the attacking lineup, I think was functioning very, very poorly. You know, we had a few misses um, in that, in that second half where it went to ground. We even opted to go for pick and goes rather than the lineup when we were close to the line. That's how little confidence we had in our, in our driving more. We just fairly recently rung some, substitutes as well so new guys on the field so I I, I feel like you know I, 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 I we should have gone for the win uh, you know as I think you made the point after the game that if we'd have drawn the game it would have been one more point from the losing bonus points so two points in total a win would have given us four points more so five points with the the the, the, the try bonus point that we, we would also have got on top of that but I think the more likely way that we would have won that game in in my opinion at the time as, as well was if we'd taken those points and then with the six minutes we had remaining, we'd tried to get back, you know, into their half and get a penalty. You know, they'd already conceded 15, 15 or 16 penalties in the game. So get another penalty and then back Piers Francis to, 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 to take the three points or even take the drop goal if we got close enough. So I would have taken sticks, um, but, but, but we didn't, we backed ourselves to get, get, get over and get another last minute try in the corner uh, didn't work out. Yeah, I think I'd have gone to the corner. I think, uh, uh, as you say, I think the risk reward there with with the number of points gained and the number of points that we potentially could have gained. And I think if we go for points, as you're suggesting, and then and then look to to win a penalty, I think the more likely outcome, if we do that, is actually concede a penalty um, and, and Glasgow Glasgow get the win. So, yeah, I thought it was the right call, um, but I think I, just in general. I've been really disappointed with the way that our our mall and our set piece just this season just hasn't hasn't developed and hasn't. I just don't think it's really 
it's not really improved as much as I would have liked it to. And and yeah, we were. It was just. It's just still a little bit disorganised, isn't it? And we just we're not as potent as we should be, and 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 not as potent as I know that Johan Van Graan wants us to be. Like when when we've had players on this season, they've spoken about the emphasis of that more that that he puts on. And yeah, I think it it should be an, a massive area of strength for us, but I don't think it is. And and and. Yeah, the, the chopping and changing, constant chopping and changing um, amongst personnel in the pack doesn't help. Like we've got so many injuries and so many people coming in and out, it can't help. But I just don't think we're 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 accurate enough, and I don't think we're getting enough impact off from from people on the bench either in the four pack. I just really, yeah, I'd I'd like us to be in a position where we can go to the corner there and be confident we're going to score and win that game, and and we're just not. Yeah, I definitely wasn't confident. You know, if you're confident, if you're, you know, in the mould of Exeter Chiefs a few seasons ago when you it's almost a banking a banker that you score, then I think you, you you go for it. But you're right, it's been so inconsistent. It was the scrum against Quinns. We got we got absolutely battered. It was the line out, I thought, against 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 uh, against Glasgow. I think they they disrupted it well, they competed really effectively. It was almost as if they had an insider, you know, um, or you know, and then they almost knew what the calls would be because they seem to they seem to be preempting it it really nicely. Yeah, it's 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 not been good enough, and it's obviously such a key part of the Johan van Gran game plan. So it needs to tighten up. It's definitely an area that they'll be they'll be looking at in some detail because as we'll come on to Toulon, are have some absolute behemoths in their in their pack. So I don't think. We're going to have to be a lot tighter at both scrum and, and line out if we want any any change from from the game on Saturday at all. Yeah, and another feature of our season, Tom, it's just been slow starts, something that you pointed yeah. out on the podcast last season. And, and that was all too prevalent again. I think before you'd even had the opportunity to to pay £15 for your Via Gogo or whatever it is, subscription, we, we, we were 12 nil down. So um, yeah, not bad for money, and yeah, it was uh, another poor start. Watching watching back the highlights of the game, just some real soft shoulders early on. Just just didn't seem to be, didn't seem to be out of the races. No, not at all. Four minutes, we conceded the the, the first try, and it was soft shoulders, but also unforced errors. We looked like we hadn't woke up, as I said last week. It looked like we hadn't got off the the coach to the to the ground. The, the, that first that first try watching back the the some of the game earlier today it was um an early engagement from our own scrum that gave them the free kick and and possession inside our own 22 which which then led to that that first try and it was just one up runners two or three phases and the their the, the big second row was was over the line and then for the second try after i think it was 14 15 minutes it was a high tackle that we gave away and you know, again, another unforced error, and suddenly we're we're down to we're down to you know twelve points to nil, and we're chasing the game. And yeah, it's it's just really needs a, a addressing because it just makes life very very difficult when you start like that. What? And we defended really well for much of the game as well, mm. but you just let yourself down in those in those early moments. What what can that be? What can that be? The, what can be the cause of that? Like, is it is it the warm up? You know, are they? I just don't understand how it can be so consistently much worse in those early periods. Because you're absolutely right. Like the defence for a, a lot of the game, particularly if you're looking at parts of that second half, the early part of the second half was was outstanding. We put in so many tackles, kept them 
off our line on on a number of occasions but yeah you're right just that initial initial energy and initial aggression in defense just just doesn't seem it's just a really weird one how the defense can be so much improved during certain aspects of the game but then consistently start really slowly um so yeah certainly one for the coaches to go away and and look at uh, yeah i think i think i think they'll ruin it as well because those those defensive lapses early on those two early tries and then the try just before half time the worst time to to concede just before you go into the sheds but other than that they were they were pretty good you know not to concede any tries in that second half and only that solitary penalty towards the end was impressive and there were guys i thought that stood up really well fergus lee warner mm. was another had another solid performance in that 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 second row third shirt i thought wesley white also did a good job and he made that last ditch tackle in the corner to stop the the glasgow wing mclean going over just after half time which would have been a score that would have put them with with clear water so they'll be disappointed because it's just these individual it's just these individual and um uh, and 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 lapses in in concentration and physicality that are costing us and those are happening at key moments generally early on in the game so yeah van gran and uh, jp ferreira i'm sure will be analyzing that and addressing it far better than than we can so let's let's continue to to watch it and hopefully that's a a theme that they that they can they can remedy what did you make tom of the the scrum time performance i think it's going to be a key battle next week against Toulon and, and I'm, I know you were glad to see Lewis Boyce back in the fold albeit in some some loosely fitting shorts what did you make <laughs> of the, that contest yeah I think he needs to have a word with uh, Steve Middleton who's the, the kit man because he's uh, he, he needs to go a, a couple of sizes a couple of sizes uh, lower in the in the shorts department I think but I think he got a pair of Joe Tokunasiga shorts. Matt, well, I say match worn. They're supposedly match worn. That was a that was a, a purchase that I made over the last the last couple of weeks while I've been 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 sitting at home and recovering from my operation. But yeah, they're they're only XL, so I, I don't think that Big Joe would have would have worn those himself. But even those are a little bit baggy. But um, <laughs> yeah, back to back to Boise. I mean, he's not played since middle of September, so it's. It's, it, and obviously he came in late, as I say, because of Morozov's injury. So to, to play 54 minutes, to win a couple of scrum penalties as he did, I thought was I thought was Im- impressive on 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 that notice. So yeah, I think we 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 had more or less parity at scrum time. We had a couple of scrum penalties for a couple of, a couple against. So against what was a decent uh, decent front row with Jamie Batty and with um, Simon Bergen and Tighthead, who's a good scrummager. I thought we. I thought we did pretty well. I actually thought we were pretty unlucky with the Arthur Corbell injury. It was a pretty clumsy clear out. And the, the the referee, the French referee, I think that's a yellow card at least. I'm very surprised they didn't, they, they looked at it and they gave nothing. So I was very surprised about that. I think we were, we were a little bit unlucky there. But yeah, nice to see Lewis Boyce back. Hopefully he gets some more minutes in the, in the legs. A uh, new pair of shorts. And he, we, we, we see more of him because he's, he's not, quite due to mainly due to injury lived up to the potential that we've we've seen at times so i'd like to like to see him get a you know a string of games together and i think as you say he'll be very important against toulon we don't know the extent of the morals of injury we assume that arthur caldwell with an hia might miss out against toulon and they have some very very impressive front row scrummages mm-hmm. giri gashvili who's the georgian 
prop who's absolutely massive. You've got Kieran Brooks, who obviously Premiership fans will know who's over there. Slim down Kieran Brooks, and he's he's a you know a good scrummaging tight head. And then on the other side, Danny Preso, formerly of of La Rochelle and and currently in France. So you know, G is a, a favourite <laughs> of mine, and he's 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 an he's an absolute killer and one of the best losers in the world in my, my, <laughs> my opinion. And um, so it's going to be a big big day, big day for for those front row boys uh, up at Toulon. And I think, yeah, it could, could, could be some fairly nasty doing, I think, give uh, a, a set piece. Yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll come on to that game in a little bit more detail. I feel like you've touched on it in some fairly, some fairly good detail there, Tom. I found a few thoughts on this game. I think the standout player for Bath, in my mind, in the backs was, was Joe Thock and the Seager. I thought yeah. he had a really, really strong game again. But I do feel like he's almost like a microcosm of, of what's going on because he started really slowly physicality, dropping off that that early tackle for in the lead up to the um the first Glasgow try. But then throughout that second half was just so impactful, stepping off his wing on a couple of occasions and nailing blokes and also in the tack looking looking threatening. So yeah, I thought he was excellent again. One thing I'm concerned well not concerned about, but one thing I'm starting to find slightly frustrating is the way that Ollie Lawrence's is usage has diminished over the past couple of weeks. He was absolutely outstanding when he first joined. And yeah, I think it wasn't until the mid 50 minutes against Harlequins that he got his first carry. And then again on, on Saturday afternoon, he was pretty anonymous in, in attack. And I know they're using Big Joe a lot off line outs and off malls on first phase to get that go forward. But I think you could easily mix it up and, and use Lawrence in, in that area because, yeah, we need to be getting a little bit more out of him, ball in hand. Him and him and Redpath have been strong defensively, really strong defensively. But I think that that pairing could, could, could produce a bit more in attack if, if given the opportunity. Well, it has done. You know, they've, they they know each other well. They've played through age group. And yeah, I was just looking at the stats for Ollie Lawrence. Three metres made, uh, mm. three carries, I think it was, in the full 80 minutes that he played against Glasgow. So yeah, that's that's not enough. I mean, I, I haven't got the stats to hand, but we played a lot off nine. I think it was it was, it was was clearly a plan. And I think also the way that Piers Francis differs from Orlando Bailey is that he picks more, he doesn't tend to take the ball to the line in the same way, which I think means that the guys outside him aren't quite as much of a, a, as a threat. So, yeah, I mean, keen to see him get in the game more. There was one game when he, just when he joined, where I think he made significantly more metres and beat more defenders than the whole of the rest of the Bath team combined. So, we know he's he's clearly got it in him. Um, and yeah, he, he just hasn't got the ball and the service that that that, that he, he needs in the last, the last game or two, but completely agree on Big Joe. You know, I was actually just before we were recording, I was watching back some some highlight. I was trying to find a video on Twitter of those two shots that he put in one after the other, where he's you know he's 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 he's, he's, he's monstered guys to, to twice in a row. And yeah, I was looking back at some old videos, got down a bit of a, a bit of a, a Twitter hole, and watching the tries that he scored when he first burst onto the scene at 21 and played against Japan and in those autumn internationals. And he's carrying so hard. He's backing himself to go through people. He's also looking quick. His acceleration's great. He's carrying in one hand. He's handing off. He's offloading. And I think we're starting to to see him get back to to those sorts of levels. He looks hungry um, and very impressive. So 
great to see him back and immensely looks there. He looks so up for it. He's the, the first man there celebrating scrum penalties and, and, and jackals. So yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's developing very nicely this, this season just need to now make sure that we, we keep him because, uh, rumors that London Irish are, are sniffing around to have him back, uh, have been in the media. So let's hang on to him and, and, and enjoy him getting back to, to the peaks that, that we know he can. Mm, a nineteen twenty two defeat, Tom, as I say, to to kick off this European yeah. campaign. Any final thoughts from you? Yeah, just one one thing. I was reading something on on social media about the the, the attendances at at the wreck, and the attendance was down at eleven thousand two hundred and fifty one. And there are a few photos going around of some of the blocks, particularly on the the temporary stand, that were 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 kind of empty. And obviously, there's you know there's a lot of a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, for that in 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 the current environment, obviously cost of living and inflation, the time of year being being expensive with Christmas as well, issues with public transport, the weather, other sport that we mentioned, the different shape ball being on on that day as well. But I also saw so there's a fair bit of negativity, I think, around around that. But I think if you there was there was a a, a tweet that Rugby Inside Line put out with some of the the attendances. And if you look at the Challenge Cup, so Bath at just over 11,200. But then the, the rest of the teams, I mean, Scarlet 6,000, Perpignan 6,000, and then everyone else in that group with sort of 5,000 or below. The Lions with only 1,500 turning out to watch them in, in, in South Africa. And then turning to the Champions Cup, obviously top tier European rugby. No English club put above 10,000 out in the, the Champions Cup. Irish, 5,500. Sale, 6.6. Saracens, 8.3. And Gloucester, 9.1. So, you know, it's, it's, it's unusual to see the wreck, you know, uh, not at capacity, particularly for, for European rugby, which obviously is, you know, uh, given, given the history that we've got in that competition, is, is, is I think everyone really enjoys. But should put it in context of other stadiums and we still have the best support in the in the in the Gallagher Premiership. So just to, just to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, and I think I was spending the, the this evening a little while researching Toulon, and I watched the highlights of the Toulon Zebra game. And I don't know what the official attendance was, Tom. Perhaps you can tell me. But um, two thousand six hundred and seventy. Uh, oh shit! Two men and a dog were at Toulon. Other than that, Zebra game, um, cracking game it looked like as well. But yeah. Attendance is down across the league, Premiership and European. Um, a revamped 100-style Premiership from 2023-24 will undoubtedly solve all of rugby's issues. I'm sure if the RFU have got anything <laughs> to do with that. Tom, sad news um, before we move on to talk about the Toulon game, and that is that the club... We're saddened to announce the death of Dr. Julian Widdowson, who was the club doctor at the rec for 12 seasons, 2003 to 2015. Obviously, someone in the backroom staff that fans wouldn't know a huge amount about, but just reading the the tributes that have come in from, from ex-players of around that time, he was clearly a massively influential figure in the club. And, and, and this is really, really sad news. Yeah, very, very sad. And as you say, some of the, the tributes that I've seen, so from Banners, Matt mm. Garvey, Paul James, Alex Crockett as well, who probably all listeners remember. And actually even, you know, supporters 
who either knew him kind of personally or as their own GP, you know, he seems like he had a very positive impact on a lot of people. So, um, yeah, very sad news and, um, yeah, RIP. Absolutely, Tom. We've already touched on this game a little bit, but Bath do travel to the south of France on yeah. Saturday, another 1pm kickoff as we face Toulon, the might of Toulon. As I say, they beat Zebra 21-24, a tight contest. They were losing the game with, with under 10 minutes to go and, and did score a late try to, to seal what turned out to be, um, I think, the bonus point victory. So they're sitting joint top of Pool A. Some familiar names you've already touched on, Kieran Brooks in the in the front row, but also Sergio Parise somehow still operating at number eight. And an even more familiar name, of course, Dan Bigger, the former Northampton Saints and current Wales fly half, made his Toulon debut against Zebra. So likely he will line up against his probably ex-Northampton colleague, P.S. Francis at the weekend, Tom. Toulon sit sixth, um, sorry, ninth in the top 14 with six wins from 12, six wins, six losses. I don't get the impression you're feeling that confident about this one. Well, I mean, as we know from our various trips, we haven't got a brilliant history of French away days in terms of the results in, in recent years. And, watching the highlights back for the Zebra game, they'd already managed to manufacture a penalty try from the scrum in 15 minutes against Zebra. So that's a big concern because of, you know, the names you mentioned and obviously Danny Presol mentioned again to, to maybe to come back into that front row. That is looking very, very challenging. And the scrum and the line out have been hit and miss would be probably generous, but inconsistent. And we only have to look at the Quinns game to see that once you do get on the back foot, you can really, really get get punished. So it's a massive afternoon for Darcy Ray, Johannes Jongren, the tight head uh, slot. And it could be that Lewis Boyce comes straight back in to start at, at Loosehead. So French teams are very, very used to, or in, in the top 14, to, to, to kind of beating teams into submission, uh, you know, physically. And I, I, I'm, I'm just concerned that that you know on a on a on a cold day in France that we 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 could see some some more of that. Yeah, I think if Bath are gonna have any chance in this game, it will have to be a strong performance from from the half backs. I, I can see him going with Spencer and Francis, as I said there, and, and trying to keep trying to keep Toulon pegged back and and try and play that that territory game. Um the French scrum half Baptiste Serrat is the, the Toulon scrum half, who's an excellent operator. So, yeah. yeah, I feel like Ben Spencer's been a little bit quiet since he came back from from injury, maybe not put in some of the, the outstanding performances that, that we're used to. So, yeah, fancy him to, to have an outstanding game if Bath are going to get anything get anything from this. And and really, if you if you lose your first two games, I yes. don't have the hand, but I can't imagine they're great when, you, when you're looking to qualify. That's very difficult, and you know we need to get into that 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 top four, and that's why we'll probably look back and 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 rue that, that Glasgow game because Toulon away is a difficult game. That was always going to be the most difficult game of the four, and if we lose that now, then with the Premiership schedule as brutal as it is, do we then turn around and say, okay, rationally, this probably isn't where 
uh, you know, it's best. It's the best use of putting our, our full strength sides out for. So if we lose and we lose well and we don't get anything from the game at all in, in, in terms of points and other results mean that teams start to get clear water towards the top of our pool. It could be that the European season for us is, is already over. So yeah, it'd be, a, it'd be, it'd be, be, be a big shame. And, um, and that's why I think for this game, at least we need to throw everything we can at, at selection, part of the strongest possible team. I like the way that Van Grand's been going for a six, two, who split on the bench. I think we haven't looked as dynamic though with the the subs that have come on mm. in the last couple of games. I'd like to see you and Richards come back into that, into the 23. I think he's a guy that's completely forgotten having been one of the breakthrough guys last season and had a fantastic season through the three from senior academy. So I'd like to see him come back onto the, onto the bench as well. And we can, yeah, hopefully show a little bit of dynamism and, and try and try and meet, meet fire with fire to, to keep the European dream alive. Hopefully keep the European dream alive, throw everything at it. And I know there are many Bath fans heading down to the south of France. Unfortunately, yeah. we were unable to make our yearly trip down there for, for one reason or another. But if you are going down, have an absolutely fantastic weekend. Enjoy all the rugby next weekend. Hopefully it won't be another sad Saturday and Bath turn over Toulon in their backyard to keep the European dream alive. But let's be honest. I mean, we've we've been to three French away days now: Clermont, La Rochelle, and Toulouse. And we've I hate to think what the combined tally of, of points would be against us in those three weekends. But it's they've been brilliant weekends nonetheless. So yeah, I think there's a there's a bar supporters group going with some of the players. I think Will Muir and I, and Mike Williams and a couple of others are actually going on the coach with them. So promises to be a, a fun a fun weekend away. I hope everyone kind of listening enjoys that and we will still be doing a European trip we'll be going to going to up to Glasgow for the or we'll probably be a dead rubber at that point but in the in the middle of January to to to, to watch 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 that fixture so the European dream will still be alive for us no matter <laughs> no matter what the result on Saturday absolutely Tom thank you very much for joining me thank you for listening as always follow us on socials at Bath Rugby Plug contact us Bath Rugby Plug at gmail.com and stick behind the boys through thick and thin.